You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Geeks at Large. I guess it's new, unless you're listening to this, like, years from now, which, who knows, maybe there's, like, like, do you think that there'll be In some... which case, that'll probably be our next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think, like, like, like some kind of AI-type situation where, like, aliens or future people find some collection of Geeks at Large podcasts and just li- they listen to it for five seconds? Why are they talking about ass blood? <laughs> I think I like I like this this hype this hypothetical theory because one it implies that people listen to us and two it implies that like in two years we won't have like a nuclear holocaust exactly yeah, yeah. so uh, either way that's Let's entirely fictional allow me to live my fantasy Neil <laughs> come on I mean that would explain why you have that bulge there yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm on glad his you. arm he's been working that yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. Except it, like my arms look like Popeye, so it might be. I think that's cancer. Might be malignant. <laughs> you, Oops. yeah. Um, we should get that looked at. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I didn't think it would be controversial to say, but it's upsetting. I'm sorry. It's okay. Just uh, don't do it again. If you can't take me at my worst, you can't have me at my best. Where's the best, Taylor? <laughs> Fair. Fair point. Anyway, uh, welcome to our. Three white guys. Three white guys see Black Panther outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that because I was going to. I think I, I don't know who I told, but I was, or if I even told anyone, but I was going to say like, you know, it's exactly what the internet needs: three more white guys talking about what? Black Panther. Because yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as like, I was like, okay, well, obviously we're going to do one on Black Panther, but then I was like, what can we add? <laughs> uh. Anyway, bye everybody. <laughs> See, I like the two white people in it. Come on, cut it off. <laughs> There's too many black people in Black Panther. If you ask me, they needed more of the white people. Did they know that there's white Africans too? <laughs> I, first off, Irish slaves. Oh my and, god. And, se- se- and second off, I'm Irish and fuck you. I'm, I'm Irish too. Have you seen my face? Have you uh, seen my paleness? Have you seen my freckles? I got freckles too. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> but also, guys, you're both beautiful. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> thank you. But also, I'm, I've got this half-eaten chicken wing that I'm just going to place down now. <laughs> White people things. It's, hey guys, it's, it's I true. Lo- Neil's blood is basically just pure Guinness. So. I love the wire. <laughs> Well, anyway, that was like a glimpse into what Laura Ingram's probably writing for her new episode. Mm. Hey, guys, have you ever driven past Target and pronounced it Target? Hilarious. I used to work at Target, you fuck. <laughs> that gives me PTSD. My cat was run over by a Target, thank you. <laughs> by a Target. By a Target. <laughs> My wife left me for a Target, you fuck. <laughs> so, anyway... Yes, three white guys are going to talk about Black Panther and how great it is. Yay. Yay. Spoiler alert, we loved it. It was great. Yay. Right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>
Anyway, I always have I always have the worst time talking about things that are great because then it's like, what do we complain about? Nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. Anyway, uh, Stephen. Yes, I'm Stephen. That is my name. Yeah, I should probably introduce people. But anyway, that's Stephen. Yes, I am the host Taylor, and I'm yes. also joined by Neil. Neil, Stephen. Yes, you could be a deer and uh, kind of introduce us and like lead into the discussion on Black Panther by giving us just a little brief setup for the plot of the movie. Okay, so um, so uh, as you may or may not know, Black Panther was uh, introduced in Captain America Civil War. He was on screen for probably a combined ten minutes. Uh, his father, the king of Wakanda, uh, or president, president of Wakanda, king, king of Wakanda. He was the leader of Wakanda. Leader of Wakanda. Uh, gets assassinated in a way that makes it look like it was Winter Soldier. Um, and then Black Panther for that movie is on a revenge quest to catch Winter Soldier until he finds out that it wasn't Winter Soldier, and then Winter Soldier uh, gets taken to Wakanda in order to recover his, uh, you know, brain from his brainwashing, his Manchurian candidateness. Yeah, uh, candidacy. Yeah, I was about to say his Manchurian, <laughs> Manchurian candidacy. That Bucky loves playing some solitaire man. All right, so. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so what where Black Panther starts off, it's literally like a week after. It's very, it's very soon after. It's like a week after, and T'Challa hasn't really become king yet. He's kind of still in that transition phase. He still has to go through the rite of passage. Uh, you see kind of a, a, a glimpse of like, uh, 1992, uh, in Oakland, uh, and some, Funny. you know, some, some kind of, uh, Diplomacy that uh, T'Chaka. Uh, we'll kind of get into that more. We'll get like, into yeah. it more. Uh, but basically, it's a week after the events of Civil War. Uh, it's a week after his father's de- uh, died. He's he's kind of stepping into the role of uh, the the role of king. Um, so he's got to deal with a number of things like uh, Wakanda's still kind of a secret. Everyone in the world thinks it's a third world country thanks to um, Daniel Kaluuya's kind of faction of Wakanda, which are, like, the farmers, and, like, they kind of run the border. Yeah, they're, um, like, the first line of defense. Yeah. Um, so everyone thinks it's a third-world country, but in reality, they're sitting on a mountain of the material that made Captain America's shield. Uh, Vib- and vibranium. Vibranium, yes. Oh, I was going to say unobtainium. Shit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's not that good of a thing. <laughs> so, while, so while T'Challa... While T'Challa is... Um, you know, kind of learning from the different people in his life, you know, like with different perspectives on what Wakanda should do, the role it should play in the world. Uh, Ulysses Claw, who you may remember from Avengers Age of Ultron, played by Andy Serkis, who got his arm cut off by Ultron. He also had like five minutes. He had five, he had five minutes of goofy mugging with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And uh, the and mugging then, continues. I was going to say, in this movie, he has 20 minutes of mugging. <laughs> yeah, he's got like 30 minutes of good, solid mugging. Um, and But he's got kind of like a... He's got like a small team, but clearly his right-hand man is... Uh, was Eric Stevens, but his nickname was Killmonger. It's really good that he's a right-hand man because his left hand is gone. Ooh! That was nice. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, uh, Eric, Eric Killmonger Stevens. Er, yeah. So... Uh, after a while, so it's it's these guys. They they know about the vibranium. They know Wakanda's not a third world country. They know Wakanda's keeping secrets, and you know from there it becomes a uh, you know 
like and Killmonger has history with Black Panther's mm-hmm. father. He wants revenge, and you know and the, the movie. Threat, and movie, <laughs> you know, and it becomes kind of a you know they want to keep Wakanda a secret, and they have to ask, should it be a secret? You know, yeah. in what ways should they out themselves as a first world country? Like mm-hmm. I would say, it's the firstest world country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's 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 kind of the basic gist without getting into the twists and turns and whatnot. I think. Uh, yeah, you set up the pieces beautifully. It is a uh, it's it's a great Shakespearean grapple for yep. power. Yes, yep. it's, it's a great example of a superhero film with shades of gray. Yeah, because yep. like the villain, the villain quote unquote is Killmonger, but he's also kind of in the right in ways. It's uh, like I've heard a, I've heard Killmonger described as the character with the hero like background. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that was orphaned as a kid and had to like, you know, raise himself and he went through hard times whereas T'Challa compar- comparatively is the one with the less relatable upbringing. You know, he's born into royalty, royalty yeah. and he's you know, has opulence surrounded him, surrounding him at all times. and Well, that's one of the things I love about the script for Black Panther uh, is that it follows the rule of your villain should be the hero of their own oh, story. Yes. Uh, it's almost like this film was responsibly written. It's like yep. Ryan Coogler is a really good screenwriter. Yeah, yes. it's almost like Ryan Coogler knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Just give him all the money. Yeah, give, make, let him direct everything. It's fine. I love yeah. it. Him and Patty Jenkins just direct everything. Yeah. yeah. Be for your respective comic book companies, just direct everything. Let, bring Michelle McLaren back on. Yeah. Let her do something. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the movie brings up uh, some themes about uh, race and whatnot, and they, they do it in a way that I felt wasn't, like, ham-fisted. I thought, like, Ryan Coogler does a great job of kind of towing that line between Steven, mainstream appeal. Steven, and, that's because it's not written by a white man. Right. <laughs> it's not Crash. Yeah, it's not, it's not ham-fisted or like Crash or Bright, yeah. <laughs> It's, um, that's one of the things I respect about the politics of the film. Well, it's yeah, it's 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 politics are very clear. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's it does it with like grace and nuance. It reminds me a lot of um, a TV series on Showtime that maybe someone will know called The Nick. Yep. Mm. Which you know was was the one about the Knickerbocker Hospital in New yeah. York in the 1900s about the basketball team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought you were talking about. Um, the Caitlin Olsen show on Fox. No, that's the that's the, the Irish slur. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! <laughs> um, but that was another show that, like, for for so many programs that deal with that that, that like to deal with race and and, and gender issues, uh, but they do it so clumsily and horribly. Mm. The the Nick really excelled at doing it really gracefully and mm. making their points known, but without. Without hitting you over the head with it, but rather like slowly like seeping it into your brain until the point where you're like, like rather than the show going that's racist, you go that's pretty racist. What the hell? Mm-hmm. It, it's <laughs> excuse me. Uh, the Nick is a show that lets you come to your own conclusions. Yeah. Well, whereas that- the conclusions are pretty set one way, but it lets you get there while making you feel like you got to that conclusion mm-hmm. on your own. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to like uh, delve uh, too far away from Black Panther, but that was something that uh, Jordan Peele would talk about, like whenever they would talk about their Key and Peele sketches, and kind of also related to like Get Out, is that um, you know they got a lot of praise for a lot of their sketches dealing with like race and more heavy, like heavier themes, uh, for not being so ham-fisted and whatnot. 
And they they would basically say, like, yeah, well, like, kind of these lessons that we kind of want people to take away from, they're going to feel more powerful if you feel like you're the one that came to that conclusion right. naturally on your own just yes. from watching it. That's how, that's how any good decision is made, yeah. honestly. It's like, it's like I, I talk to people mm-hmm. a lot about issues and whatnot, but I've, if there's one thing I've learned, like, and it has to be said – you know, any time that I've changed my mind, my mind about something, I've, I've seen something from a different perspective. It was never because someone yelled at me. It was because someone sat down with me and said, well, why do you feel this way? And, and then said, like, mm-hmm. well, this is how other people feel. And I felt like I came to that conclusion on my own, right. which clearly I didn't. Hmm. But, you know, in a way I did. And that always made me change my tune. Yeah. And so when I talk to people about issues, I, I, I figure that and I, and I maintain I maintain this very strictly. That yelling at people doesn't really do any good no. because in the end you're not really doing it for trying to expand the conversation or try to change anyone's mind. You're just kind of doing it for yourself, and that's and that's okay mm-hmm. to an extent. But after a while, you know, nothing gets done. It's kind of like a short term. It's a short term solution. Yeah. So, yeah. So I always, you know, if I ever talk about like it's like on Facebook, if I ever say something political, I always try to make sure that I do it in the form of a joke. Because if you can get someone to laugh about yeah. something and make them think about it and realize, oh, wait, that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. You, like, laughter is a great tool for change. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, like I said, anytime that I talk with someone, I always try to find common ground. I, f- I try to just question them about things. And there's a lot more success with that. And so, yeah, like the same thing with Key and Peel and, you know, Black Panther. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's like... There's a great sense of, like, it feels very genuine. Yes. What they do. And, it's again, it's kind of like to going back to Get Out. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why, like, getting black filmmakers to, to tell black stories is important. Because yeah. it's they're basing it off of their own experiences. Yes. So it's coming from a real place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it, know? It doesn't feel like, look at us making peace. It's, it feels more like you're just getting it directly from the source. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's why more people should be doing that. In my At my job, uh, I'm constantly kind of like the middleman between some departments, so I have to constantly like relay information mm-hmm. from one person to another. And I'm pretty terrible at that because like I don't know... Like the the work that's being done as well as the person that's giving me the message. Yeah. So as a lot of times, like it needs clarification. So like you know for like you know the the, the analogy that we're drawing about like a white person directing this movie. Like I don't care how best buddies you are with your black friend. <laughs> like <laughs> you the might not be like I don't know. <laughs> Maybe like, you could be you. JD to the Turk, but I would probably trust Turk more to handle this. Yeah, exactly. And there have been times throughout You this hear that? Paul Haggis? Oh, Paul Haggis has his own things going on right now. What with the multiple sexual assault accusations? You know, this is the first time I've heard of that, and I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> it's Scientology. It sucks because, like, Paul Haggis finally gained my respect after everything he's done by coming out against Scientology. Hmm. Uh, like, you know, he, he left. And, like, the smear campaign he went through was horrendous. And, and he, you know, like, he went, he, he was in Going Clear. Yeah, he was, uh, he's yeah. one of the key talking heads in Going Clear. And as much as I hate Crash and, like, a lot uh. of Paul Haggis' work, he is extremely well-spoken. Um, anytime that he shows up on that, on, like, in that documentary, he's got some shit to say. And I love it. But goddamn, he made Crash, and I will always <laughs> hate that. I, I will always, I'll always hate him a little bit for But that. he followed it up with Casino Royale. True. Very true. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, Paul has got his own little shit going on right now. Um, throughout the entire week since I've seen the film, which has been a lot of fun, uh, I've been kind of wondering, like, man, what would have happened if a white guy directed this? 
I have not liked any of the results. <laughs> <laughs> they have been, uh, and I'm going to put this mildly, shit. <laughs> I don't know. What was what was Steel? What was Steel like? Was that made by mm. a white guy? Was that directed by John Singleton? I can't tell. I don't remember. Mm. It, uh, don't remember. Either way, it's not good. <laughs> it feels... It feels even if it was well, made by a... Well, like, like, you could even make the argument, like, Black Panther is, like, the movie to have a, like, African-American or oh, African yeah. director. Oh, yeah. it's so steeped in African culture. Well, yeah. yeah. You may be able to get away with, like, an American, like, an African-American hero directed by a white guy, like, Blade. But yeah. that's not steeped in African culture well, yeah, the way it's Wakanda... It's not dealing with, Panther, with yeah. yeah, you know... Yeah, black culture. But like, is, yeah, like Wesley Blade, Snipes. Like Blade, as far as I know, doesn't deal with like casual racism. You know, like yeah, right. like as far as I know. I mean, I mean, it'd probably make it more interesting if they did. But you know what? It would be. All, you probably that's, could. But that's I'm all killing that. vampires all day, and you're not gonna let me. You like use your bathroom in your store? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I feel like you could if if you were smart enough and could write a screenplay, you could probably like. Integrate like the whole vampirism aspect to yeah, it, some yeah. kind of, um, you know, prejudice, yeah. segregation, mm. and something like that. You know, that would be interesting. But yeah, like if you're you're gonna do a Black Panther movie, especially one that takes place so much in Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, this is like a requirement if you want it to be good. <laughs> yeah, I I think the only time, the only like false note of the film when it comes to that was. You know, there's a there's a crucial scene like not going into spoilers where you know Killmonger reveals his his true identity and in the soundtrack it just kind of turns up like the trap beats for like a minute <laughs> and that was the only time that I was like I feel like this is a move like some white dude would have made well uh, I mean and like and it's like I get it on and we talked about this outside yeah. the theater on paper that is an excellent. Like, I get where they're coming let me, from. Let me ask you, was that the first instance of, like, American-sounding music showing up in the movie? Uh, stri- because other than that, it was either the, the bland orchestral stuff in the beginning of the movie yeah. or, like, African drums yeah. and stuff. So, like, if that was the first instance of, like, trap music and it's for, like, the villain who spent a lot of time in America, like, yeah. I can maybe see the thematic significance No, that's why I'm that. saying, that's why I'm saying, like, on paper, it works. Mm-hmm. On paper, I would dare say it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's just in execution okay. that it took me out a little bit going, like, I see what you're doing, but don't. <laughs> I, like, it's one of those situations where I'm like, at least you tried something. They yeah. tried, and that's you know, okay. It's, as, yeah. It beats going to, like, some, like, large choir, you know? Right. But, thank it God. It doesn't feel as, like, cynical as if, like, they threw trap music into, like, Iron Man 4, you know? Like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> you know? Tony Stark listens to Migos now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, bad and bougie. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's got the, uh, he's he's he's, the, he's you know he's got the um, oh, what's the the Kathleen Hanna band, the Latigra. He's got the Latigra <laughs> shirt in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and it's like he listens to Migos now too. Um, he, he's a, he's a fan of Lil Yachty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just Tony Stark shows this up. This podcast is officially off the rails. <laughs> just, just Tony Stark cameos in like a Sprite ad with LeBron James and Little Yachty. I would love. I would personally love to hear Robert Downey Jr. try to rap Minnesota. 
This podcast is officially off of the literal Underground Railroad. God damn it, Steven. Rails. Wow, Steven. You're That's what it was in the movie. It was a literal Underground Railroad. It was. I know. It was. But also, you're evicted, so get out. <laughs> you're dead to me, Steven. <laughs> Why are you going to make it about race, Steven? Why you got to do that? Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, we should also shout out uh, Ruth E. Carter, who is a costume designer. Oh, oh my yeah. god, yeah. Okay, I have not, like, not since Blade Runner 2049. Uh, if y'all are having, like, a drinking game listening to this, um, <laughs> I just take a shot, because it's the first time I've brought up Blade Runner 2049, and it won't be the last. <laughs> um, not since Blade Runner 2049 have I been so excited to see, like, a production design, like a yeah. you know, costume mm-hmm. design featurette, yeah. and I hope that I hope that Blu-ray delivers, and it's not some bullshit like five-minute like, you know, like like a pop-punk soundtrack in the background. Oh yeah, they better do some heavy featurettes in this one. I want a Guillermo del Toro level Blu-ray. Give me all that Afrofuturism, man. Yeah. Where it's just I want like, all of it. It's just. I, I love like I like I love uh, Guillermo del Toro releases, or at least the ones earlier. I don't know how they've been like recently, but you know where he goes into like the entire process of everything he does. They are just like chock full to the brim oh, yeah. of shit. Even like just like oh here we're just we're just gonna talk about this one shot for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know he 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 delivers. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Like they like I watched like a twelve minute documentary about uh, the the music of Black Panther by uh, Ludwig Göransson. And that was insane. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, here's, he, he, like, the lengths that he went to to try to make, you know, authentic African music while still in, infusing it with, you know, the standard Marvel orchestral fare that you have to, it's like a box that you have to check off. Mm-hmm. You know, the, fa- the ways that he was working around it was amazing and, like, like really steeping himself in the culture to try to get it going. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, he went on tour with an African singer for like I think like a month or two, um, you know, just to have that—that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like the talking yeah. drum, that's the theme. Like you know, the 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 light motif for for T'Challa, it's incredible. It's it's mm-hmm. it'll it'll like really weigh you down with how much shit is in there. Yeah, and it like, really pays off. Could you explain that to to listeners? Because you were telling us about that. The talking drum. Okay, the talking drum is an African instrument that, uh, from what I understand, like, you know, like you, like you, I think it's like you hold it on your shoulder or something, yeah. but you squeeze it mm-hmm. um, when you hit it. So and kind, as a, kind of like a bagpipe or something. Sort of. Where, like, that one you squeeze to yeah, get different tones. Or, like, you'll, like you're hold, you're like, you'll squeeze it when you hit it. Yeah. Um, and as a result, what it does is it changes the pitch of the, the drum beat. So the reason they call it the talking drum is because you can basically as close as you can to with with drums or with an instrument mimic the sound of like you know words and what they're doing with the drums so it's like the Peter Frampton guitar I knew that was going to come up <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm being an ass <laughs> no 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 it's fine. no as soon as that left my mouth I was like kind of like the Peter Frampton thing I guess and then he said it I was like yeah I guess um and uh, <laughs> what it does and so what what they've done in the film is that you know like if you hear like a boop 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 
boop, 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 whenever, like, you know, like, you know, whenever uh, T'Challa is on screen, what they're doing is they're spelling out T'Challa with the, with the talking drum. Mm. And once you know it, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so cool. And, like, you know, whenever the, uh, the, the Dora Magi, is that what they're Dora Malaja. The Dora Malaja. Yeah. I was missing one syllable. Yeah. Um, the Dora Malaja are there. Like, you hear, like, you know, the African, like, warrior screeching. Yeah. Like, mm. the whooping. Like, that's amazing. So man, I, it's 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 nice to see like hard work pay off. Yeah, there's so, so much attention to detail. It's yeah. so awesome. Which you can just tell it means that they just cared so much about this movie. It, I mean, and a lot. Was, I mean, a lot was riding on. A this lot movie. was riding on it, and it, it paid off in spades. Oh, like, like it's so much. Yeah, shit. what are the box office numbers on it right now? I it's, think it's like it's this. Dude, I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia, and it is insane. It's yeah. that, it was at 700 worldwide as of last weekend. Like, I think like the opening was just below either The Last Jedi or Force Awakens. I think it's doing better than Last Jedi, but it's, it hasn't quite reached Force Awakens yet. Okay. Like a yeah. lot of what I think I, it had the second biggest opening. It had the second biggest four-day yeah. opening to Force Awakens. Force Awakens, okay. which is about like 40 million difference. Yeah, but yeah, like I'm just like I was just reading up on stuff. Like right here, uh, Black Panther had the highest number of ticket pre-sales for any superhero film at the Alamo Draft House Cinema after 18 days of sale. This is more than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, the next closest film, which only had 72% of Black Panther's ticket sales in the same time frame. AMC theaters also revealed that the film was outselling all previous Marvel films with strong sales in both urban areas and suburban locations. And you saw it. Oh my God! Like. Twitter was amazing. Yeah. With, like the opening weekend where you just saw people, you know, different like crowds of, of you know, African Americans, Africans, you yeah. know. You there know, were immigrants. people who were like taking their grandmothers to this yeah, movie and who hadn't been to a movie since like the seventies. And I would, it's like, I would take my grandmother to the movie, but one, she's dead, and two, she'd probably be upset. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like really cool to see people like super proud of their heritage. Yeah, you know, and sharing it and be and enjoying it out in public over a movie like this. Yeah, a, a Marvel superhero movie. Yeah, and also a good movie too. Yeah, a good yeah. movie too. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that's kind of like um, just like a bonus in a way. It is. It is. You know, it's like... I always get kind of sad when people, when it's just like, you know, well, we got a Medea movie and it's like, we can do better than this, (laughs) y'all. Well, like, I know that's happened with, like, movies where I see people very excited about it, kind yeah. of what it represents, even if it's not a good movie. Exactly. Like, Proud Mary would be an example. Yeah. Like, I've heard Proud Mary's not very good, but I saw a lot of people just happy that it's, like, Taraj P. Henson, like, yeah. leading a movie, and it's like, that's great. Yeah. I wish it was better, but hey. Yeah, exactly. It's she just, should be in Black Panther 2. It's just, Get her in on the shit. It's just kind of like, you, you wish that... It, that they had done better by them. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah. We, we, we got have, it. We got yeah. it. Well, yeah. it's, it's nice that, like, Black Panther is a movie... Like, a lot of people say, like, you know, like, it's not the first, like, African-American superhero or African superhero. It's just, like... Yeah, but this you is clearly like, the one with the most money thrown at it, the most effort, the most, like... Clearly <laughs> made by, like, ed, like black filmmakers. Yeah. And with, every time someone says that, and it's like, you know, you know, Blade was the first... Blah, 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 you can just kind of smell the happy. Well, yeah, because it's a black noise. actor surrounded yeah. by a bunch of white goth people. You could, like, you could, fucking God. You could, well, I was just, <laughs> just going to say, like, you can, you can just smell the half-eaten chicken wings. Oh, my God. Like, well, that's the thing, too. It's like... And Blade's like a fine, fun little movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of nostalgic at this point. Yeah. But it's like, to be like, like, yeah, technically he's the first black superhero but also when that movie came out no one was like 
oh, great superhero movie, well, Blade. Like, no, well, I think the first one was, like, I think Steel predated it. It's just Blade was, like, the first good one, basically. <laughs> yeah, there pretty was much. that. Well, yeah. there's stuff like... There's, like, Catwoman with Halle Berry. There was, like, the right. comedies. Oh, well, my God. There's, yeah. like, yeah, there's, like, Meteor Man. Yeah. Um, Blank Man. Blank Man. Blank Man. Yeah. Pootie Kang, I heard, was a superhero. <laughs> yeah, Louis K.'s movie Pootie Tang, <laughs> but like, starring Chris Rock and uh, some guy that played Pootie Tang. I don't remember his name. But like, I think something that's worth noting is like again, like all the money thrown at Black Panther. Well, yeah, on like, the well, stage, like, unlike say a Tyler Perry movie, which like Tyler Perry just like pays like whatever four million dollars. They do it on his lot. The, the you know the actors are getting like minimum wage sag. They, well, like, they, wage because well, they, they film it in a weekend. Like right. like. Medea, like Boo of Medea yeah. Halloween was filmed in a week. Are you shitting me? Yeah, it's something it like, like that. Six days or something. For six like days, that. and it's well, like that's fine. That's great. I'm not, we're not here to just shit on Tyler Perry. You know, right. he's made a name for himself. I'm, but I'm it, just upset that like, it, it took a week to film that thing. It doesn't stack. There's up. one that I'm not even sure was like three days. There's a stack. Like like the, how Black Panther just stacks up, and it's like oh, yeah. well, it's, also, it's the exposure of it, the stage it's on. And how it just moves like the like African cultures to the forefront, Afrofuturism, mm-hmm. yeah. representation, and all of it, and that's what makes it so special. Well, it's also like you know, it's it's a superhero film about you know black people that has very little like like white culture influence. Yes, yeah. Where, as which opposed is, which to Blade, is great. <laughs> as opposed to Blade, where they've all been directed by white dudes. As, um, as a, a self-proclaimed whitey. Yeah. You're <laughs> Hispanic, right? He is. Yes, he did he's, from Mexi- he's from Mexico. He did Blade too. Yes. yes. But, I mean, like, still. It, yeah, they're not, yeah, yeah. So, it's... <laughs> Just it, imagine you say... <laughs> like, say that, like, I'm splitting hairs. Like, <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> actually... Oh, God. It's Will Actually, guys. <laughs> Oh, um, okay, I can't. That's not my own. There's there's a burlesque uh, performer in Athens, Georgia, who go who has a character named Will actually, and it's it's her uh, with like a fedora and like a trench coat and like a bad badly drawn beard, uh, dancing around trying to serenade a My Little Pony. Oh my god, uh, doll! It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. So I can't. Yeah. Anytime I say "will actually," I can't take credit for it. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps me up at night, honestly, <laughs> is that I didn't think of it first. Yeah, it's like it's like that eight-year-old drag queen uh, who named her, uh, himself uh, Lactatia, which is the greatest. She was my favorite actress from Black Black Panther. God damn <laughs> it, Lactatia! Right? God damn it! Oh my fucking! <laughs> That was awful. I know. But, Lac- but like, Lactatia is the greatest drag queen name I've ever heard in my life, and I'm just upset I didn't think of it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just going to drink tonight. It's fine, guys. Okay. I don't mind. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but, yeah. We're going to praise Black Panther, but prove that we're racist, like, three times. Oh, God. <laughs> right. At least oh, I will. <laughs> Nah. Well, and it's also I like one. I got one so far. Okay. <laughs> well, and like to go back to Blade, it's very clear that Blade's like it's like the tokenism of it. It's like eh. don't like here's a black, you know, superhero, but he's surrounded by you know he's like the Supporting one black character. Well, he, yeah, he's, and he's the the hematologist. Other yeah. than that, like his oh love yeah, and, and which is one and of the his cool mother that comes back. Which is one of the cool things about Blade. I'll I'll admit is that his love interest is a black woman, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, no, baby it, steps until Black Panther. Baby where, steps, it's which great. is like a giant step. Oh man! <laughs> the fact that it wasn't an interracial couple is oddly more progressive. <laughs> in that weird sense, right? I I getcha, I getcha. Yeah, I love Blade. 
Yeah, Blade's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Blade's, Blade's awesome. Blade's awesome. Blade's better than Blade I, I guess, Stephen Ingram. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Blade, Wesley Snipes wanted to do a Black Panther movie back in the day, but studios said that they didn't want to, or they didn't have the money or the technology to do it, so Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice turn Funny around. how history works out for the better. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, yeah it really Can is. you imagine a Black Panther movie made in, like, 99 or, oh, like, God. early 2000s? Directed by, like, Paul Haggis. <laughs> it would have been like I don't know who's who's big in the late night. Mick 90s. G, um, late two thousand. Probably, probably Rob Cohen. Rob Cohen. <laughs> oh For sure to see Hurricane Heist in theaters now. That's fine. Nobody will. <laughs> God. I mean, have you seen Tim's story? It'd be Tim's story, right? No, I don't think he, he the, showed up. I don't he did think the he, Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, but he didn't show up until like the early 2000s. Early 2000s? Like, yeah, okay. I think like by the mid, like, you know, like, the late 90s. Like Paul W.S. Anderson. Ugh, oh, gross. <laughs> well, I have my nightmares laid out for me. There Thanks, Taylor. Hey, man. Mother, you're alive. Too bad you. We'll die. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a while since I've heard that one. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, man. I knew that fucking movie before it was a meme. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I remember it, too. I remember I remember watching it going, this is trash. <laughs> then it became Raiden a meme. gets a haircut halfway through the movie. <laughs> then it became a meme, and I felt, like, justified a little bit. Or, like, yeah. like I felt validated for a second. Anyways, Black Panther. Black Panther now, directed by Ryan Coogler. And not, hey. <laughs> not Paul W.S. <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> My God, um, do we want to talk about um, just like the actors and the stuff that we liked? Obviously, like pretty much everyone was great. Everyone oh, was yeah. great. I, I got no even even Andy Circus, who was a cartoonish like who was just a scenery chewing cartoon character. Like I love. He's gr- he's so good. I wish he could chew scenery more. Yeah. yeah, that's what like like that was something. It gave me something I didn't know I wanted. Andy Serkis is usually like mm-hmm. a very I'm not going to say understated or like subtle mm-hmm. actor, but he's very understated. You know, he's very yeah. he, he likes he, to he's understated when it comes to like physical movement. I yeah, think. he he and likes gesturing. to use he likes to use his movement rather than like you know shouting or anything. Yeah. Like, he's, he's very he's very good on that level. But goddamn. <laughs> but goddamn, did I not know that I wanted to see more of Andy Serkis chewing scenery because he is so good at well, this it. Well, like this is a weird comparison. I was kind of making this in my head earlier because for whatever reason I found myself thinking about Beauty and the Beast uh-huh. and how I love Gaston as a villain in the animated one. Yeah. Like, he's, he's delightful. It, like, and for the first half of the movie, he's goofy. It's fun to laugh at him. But when things start getting serious in the end, he's actually a pretty intimidating villain. Yeah. And that's kind of what they do in this movie. It's Andy Circus for, like, the first half. And you're just having fun whenever the villains are on screen. Yeah. But then the shift goes to Michael B. Jordan, and he's a lot more menacing and a lot more, like... Well, there's a lot more to him. There's yeah. a lot more to like, him. Like, that's yes. the thing. I feel like Claw is in it just enough where it's like, okay, Claw's like... the you know, weapons dealer guy, he's, whatever. He's a more developed character that dies than Snoke was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's one of the things that I really appreciate is that Snoke, or Snoke, God damn it. Claw. Claw is, I mean, he's not like a very deep character. But I mean, like, he's not in the movie. But I, not, not, I can't speak for the comic book counterpart, but. Yeah. But, in, but in the movie, I mean, like, I'm not going to say he's like a deep character. He's a fun character. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. He's, he's developed enough to have like, you know, substance. Yeah. But... He's not in the movie that much. Mm-hmm. And they smartly put him as the villain when 
you're still getting to know the characters in the world of Wakanda. Yeah. So yeah. that when you go back to Claw, you know, it's it's not for too long. It's just to kind of get things going. Mm-hmm. It's right. only when, you know, when Killmonger shows up that you're already familiar with the protagonists. Yeah. You're already familiar with the world. Then you can have the you can have the villain come in mm-hmm. and actually fuck shit up. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I know that I've given Marvel films a hard time for and Black Panther kind of solved it a little bit. Oh, well, which yeah. now means they have no excuse. That uh like you know the the first film or the usually Marvel films are all about establishing the characters yeah. and you have to have the kind of weaker villain because then you have to cuz the you know, conflict's a little bit more internal for a yeah, lot of Yeah, it's more Marvel internal. Characters. If it's, this were like a phase 1 or 2 Marvel movie, Claw would have just been the only villain. That, yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> it that's exactly yeah. it he would have been the only one uh so you have the weaker villain just to kind of you know push things going but not really take away from the the dyna- the, the the dynamics of the the mm-hmm. core character or characters but black panther solves that by once you get that done you get the real good villain yeah. you know yeah. it's the best of both worlds so yeah. i guess i can't well i guess now i can complain even more now and say like <laughs> y'all did it before yeah. you can do it again right well, like, I just don't want to hear any more, like, from people online or whatever about Marvel doesn't have good villains. Like, in the next movie or whatever, yeah. if we hear, like, Marvel is not usually, don't they don't have good villains. Like, we just got Killmonger. He's great. Well, I, mean, I would say Hela was, like, well-motivated. Was yeah. fun. She was fun. Yeah, she, she was, was fun. fun. She's more like Claw. But, but then but. before that was, like, Ego. Or, like, before that was before that was Vulture. Yeah. And then before that was Ego. Yeah. yeah. So the villains are definitely getting better. The last year has been pretty solid for Marvel villains. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't feel like external forces so much as they feel like natural. Well, they're connected ex- to the characters. They, they, feel na- they feel like natural extensions yeah. of the central themes and plots. Right. The DC movies are finally starting, like, we're finally starting to understand their heroes yeah. in 2016. And then Marvel was finally starting to get their villains right. yeah, better. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there was there was some... It was, a, it was or twenty seventeen. It was the it was the year of improvement. Yeah, as bad as Justice League is, it was an improvement. Not yeah, Batman v Superman. But it was yeah. it was shorter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I'm right. thankful for that. But I mean, like, I don't know. I guess we can't really give Marvel as much shit. Or like, we can. I mean, I can still give Marvel shit, and I will. Oh, yeah, I will. They're not perfect movies. No, so. and I and I will still continue to give them shit about things. But I can't. Continuous. I can't continue to just completely raise DC onto the same level of like you know, mm-hmm. like you know, oh their villains are great because. Well, when was the last great DC villain in a movie? That's what I'm getting to. People like don't the even, last... There's a lot of people that argue like even Bane and Talia aren't that great in like The Dark Knight Returns yeah. or Rises. Which I mean, Talia is kind of. I honestly still kind of like Zod. No, Zod is fine. Zod, no, isolated Zod's fun. He yeah. was he was a cartoony scenery cheer. He was yeah, he was he was yeah. Cool. Michael Shannon <laughs> chewing the scenery is great. No, Zod is good. I really like Bane. I mean, like even well, no, then, I know. I'm just I don't oh, want to no, no. get into like a huge discussion. Well, no, no. I was going to say like Talia. I can I can see a little bit of that. But I mean, like the last few DC villains have been Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf who, is fucking garbage. Whom I've mentioned before should have just been named villain man because that's how substantial he is uh then you have jared leto's the joker who is barely in the film and has really no consequence on the on any of the plot but then like the villain was enchantress in that movie and and she was awful she is i mean cara delavine's doing what she can but she's just doing a weird dance the whole time uh, and this day, yeah, and, and be uh, Superman. Doomsday Lex Luthor, Batman. don't get us started on Luthor. Yeah, I mean, Lex Luthor is definitely noticeable. So uh, you could argue good. that, like, in the same time frame 
of DC, like, as, like, the Marvel villains getting better, the DC ones have gotten really shitty. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. I would, no, I would, I would absolutely. Yeah, everyone used way. to really applaud uh, the DC movies for having good villains back in the days of, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and whatnot. It's like, oh, they had the Jack Nicholson Joker, and they had, a. Uh, like the penguin in them and the Heath Ledger's Joker, Heath Ledger's and Joker in the 2008 one, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was yeah, definitely. Essentially, Heath Ledger's Joker got a lot of people got a lot of mileage out of that, which yes. is it's a great performance. But it's like that movie is 10 years old now. <laughs> yeah, you can't keep. Oh my god, it's 10 years old. I know, right? Oh no. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast today about uh, Casey, you about the Casey Anthony trial. Fucking old now, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like case the Casey Anthony thing is ten years old now, and I'm just I'm just kind of upset. Yeah, it's fine. It's not fine. It's really not. Anyway, speaking of Casey Anthony, Black Let's go Panther. Back to Black Panther. Yeah. Let's Panther. go back to Black Panther. Sorry. No, I do. I do the genius level segues. Okay. All right. Casey Anthony, Black Panther. Anyway, <laughs> I'm still I'm still waiting on that genius level segue. Um. Shut up, Neil. <laughs> you can shut right up. So let's talk about um, a non-white actor. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Because I'm like, I'm like, guys, we're just talking about fucking I hear, I hear, I, I hear Martin Freeman is 116th Cherokee. Oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> oh, he should, he should play fucking top. A, no, he's not. B through Z, no one gives a shit. <laughs> can't wait for him to play Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's see. Uh, I think Letitia Wright is a lot of people's, like, favorite person oh, in this she movie. Oh, she stands out. Everyone says she needs to be a Disney princess now. She should. Um, I mean, she kind of is. She, right I now. mean, she is a princess, so she should be a Disney princess. Well, she's... Is owned by Disney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she fits all the qualifications, and I would. She'd be the first one that I'd be in a while that I'd be like, let's have her. She's yeah. great. She affects the plot. Yeah. Uh, she has a personality. She does she, more than the princesses that supposedly have power. Yeah, she has agency, and yeah. she's a lot of fun. She well, is arguably like the heart of the film. Well, I would say like one of the best strengths of Black Panthers that like is the female characters. Oh yeah, I would you say know? just characters in general. Well, because but, like they all have like their own arcs. Uh, they all have like motivations and whatnot. But, but I'm saying like, but on a know, more progressive note, Taylor, please talk about the female characters. <laughs> Fuck you, Steven. I'm, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm just I know no, you were trying to be progressive there, and then I, I'm like, trying um, to be, and then like, I, um, actual, you with, like, you know, all lives Um, matter. actually, <laughs> men and women are the same, yeah. and... But, That's what like, I did. But they're different, but not really, so shut... Fuck you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, is that, like, you know, it's... It's really an ensemble movie that mm-hmm. she needs to be said. It really you is. You know, like, yeah, T'Challa is, like, There's the not a character. single damsel in this no. movie. Like, literally, like, the big fight at the end, you see, you know, you have uh, Shuri. Oh, who Shuri. Letitia Wright's Okoye, who is um, Denai uh, Guerrera. Denai Guerrera. And then um, Lupita Nyong'o's character, uh, uh, Nakia. Naki- yeah, yeah. So they, they basically... Yeah. And they all, like, face off against the big bad, too. Yeah. Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah. So, you know... It, it, the movie and Adora Milaje. Yeah. Adore, yeah. So, it, it really succeeds in making... Every character kind of have their nice little moment mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, even like Daniel Kaluuya, who I guess has is in a relationship with the Nigerians. Yeah, they were married. Are they married? Yeah, okay. they were married because they never like oh, like overtly say that. Well, they were they were either married. He calls, he calls her my love. Yeah, they were either married or like a, a long relationship or whatever. Something or like, like that. Yeah, something like that. Which is a cool dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wish they explored it a little bit more, but even then, it's not central. Yeah, yeah. it's not central. It's, it's it's certainly something you could. Like kind of 
have fun they, with in a sequel. They yeah. establish they're together solely so that you understand why the rhino stops dead in its tracks and licks Denai Guerrero on the face. Oh, it's crazy that, you know, they establish something and then it pays off. What? Pay off? Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Spoiler alert, a rhino licks Denai Guerrero on the face in this movie. Well, I'm out. <laughs> I'm already. That's my. That's five my, out of ten. That's that's my red line. Can't do it. <laughs> so, anything? Any other characters we want to talk about acting? I mean, they're all great. That's kind of like, yeah, it's like it's nobody like, really gives a bad performance. Um, I, I, I would talk about Michael B. Jordan. Michael somewhere. B. Jordan is is definitely a standout. But then again, this is his like you know seventeenth movie working with Ryan Coogler, so you kind of expected that. You mean his third. It's his third. Yeah. <laughs> of the four movies that Ryan Coogler has done, <laughs> um, they're basically like. Siblings at this point, right? Yeah, he's the Scorsese. I described, I described it. At, I described it at work as yeah, it's like it's Scorsese and De Niro, and I'm like, I really want to see them do more stuff yeah. together. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm it. really, I'm really thankful that mm-hmm. the, 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 they, they, it's a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very curious about how, like, you know, like, you know, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, I'm very curious to see how, like, the Fahrenheit, the Fahrenheit 451 uh, adaptation on HBO comes out. I heard, on. I heard Ryan Coogler wanted B. Jordan to play Black Panther, but like by the time he was brought on board, they had already cast uh, Chadwick Boseman in the role for Civil War. And you know, <laughs> I'm fine with that because yeah. Chadwick Boseman has such like, a great energy. He is great, but yeah. he also he like, has great poise. He has he great, great poise. And he's kind of a, regal. He's very regal. He's kind of, I don't, I don't, I guess chameleon's not the right word, but like, he falls into a role. Like, he's done so many, um, biopics and stuff. Well, like, historical figures, I was yeah, gonna say. Yeah, like, yeah. he's been James Brown, he's been Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson yeah. you know, he's been all these people. He's, and very, he's very, um, he's got a lot of He was also range. third good Marshall. And he started good Marshall. Marshall, yeah. yeah. So he, he really slipped into a role, and like, I think you just kind of, he's very great at selling. Mm-hmm. You know, he has really great screen presence. Yes, yeah. uh, which is something that I don't like. I, it's kind of a problem nowadays, oh, yeah. um, mm. where it's like technically, and as much as I love Michael B. Jordan, I think Bo, I think Chadwick Boseman has a little more screen presence than Mike, than Michael B. Jordan, and that's not a knock on mm. Michael B. Jordan at all. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan is a is a, a wonderful actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there have been times where I was I was like, I'd like to see a little bit more. I think that. like, like it, fan, Fantastic Four. <laughs> nothing could save that movie. I think like, yeah, like I think if you told me like what the basic gist of Black Panther was going to be and you told me like, all right, here's, you know, the, the Killmonger villain, here's the Black Panther villain, here's Shavik Bozeman, here's Michael B. Jordan, who would you cast in either or? I would probably pick Bozeman for Black Panther as well. Yeah. Yeah. Solely because I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I haven't seen Michael B. Jordan play... Something that would give me the feeling like, oh, he's like he's playing somebody from Africa. Like whereas like Chadwick Boseman, like you said, he's kind of falls into these roles. Whereas yeah. Michael B. Jordan just he gives strong personal performances and whatnot. And yeah. I've seen him in a lot of roles that like like Creed, where he's like he's from Philadelphia and Human Torch from Fant Four Sticks. So like yeah. if you like told me like all right, well one of these characters is from Africa and one of these characters was raised in America for most of his life and became like a killing machine, yeah. I'd probably cast Michael B. Jordan in that role. Yeah. yeah. Well, because um, yeah, because yeah, he does a really good job with that role. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember Michael B. Jordan from The Wire. Funny enough, and no, uh, I didn't know he was in that. Oh yeah, uh, first season. Um, yeah, yep. He dies, and it <laughs> is heartbreaking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like the it's like one of the first like. Real gut punches of the show where you're like, this, none of this is okay. I just want to point that out. None of this Spoilers is Spoilers for The Wire, everyone. <laughs> oh, out of a five-season show? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. 
like the first season. <laughs> You're gonna uh, get some stuff. You know, okay. and and okay, again, I got to do the thing, but like I, I read um I read a volume one of Christopher Priest's uh, run of Black Panther from like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, like the story called The Client, which is a story kind of told through Martin Freeman's character's perspective. And, like, while I was reading that, I kind of knew who was playing who, and I was trying to think of, like, Martin Freeman playing this guy, because he's, the story is basically him being, like, the fish out of water, you know, like, him kind of just learning about Wakanda and, like, going on Black Panther adventures, like, just being the weird average guy that's tagging along. Yeah. So, honestly, like, being somebody who read that story, like, I did really appreciate Martin Freeman's performance, because it just seemed so... Spot on, yeah. Because like in the in the comic, uh, what's Everett Ross? He's he's kind of snarky. He kind of has like that sarcasm to him, but at, at the same time, he's a fish out of water. He's very vulnerable, but like you know, he's kind of like uh, like he makes jokes when he's uncomfortable, kind of like. And I thought Martin Freeman really sold that. I thought like I loved the whole uh, like what was it when Claw's like, oh, I look, we we have a demo tape if you want to listen to it. Like, please don't send us your demo tape. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, please, like, don't make, please don't make me listen to your music. <laughs> please don't make me listen to your music. <laughs> Which I think was like one of the big like howls out of me. Oh yeah, yeah. So story time. Uh, we went at a uh, chain called Movie Tavern. Yes. To go see this and. We went late enough, and this was, like, the second weekend. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Which is part of why this is, is a fairly late review. Um, but we ended up going... It was still late. It was, like, what, 10? Yeah. It, it was, was a it was, 9.50 showing or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was around and we point. ended up not being able to sit together. So, like, I was in the front row. <laughs> that was good on my neck. Uh, Neil was in the row behind me, but, like, on the other side. Yeah. And then Steven was, like, a couple rows behind Neil. On the other side. Yeah. And well, I was in the third row. There was just a gap between the yeah, first was a, two rows. Yeah, you were yeah. in the front row of the, um, of the official yeah. season. And to Neil's point, that joke happened, and I heard him go, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you, heard my, you heard the laugh. Yeah, yeah the, Neil's laugh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, my that my moment of the movie, and again, it's because it reminded me of the client story, was when, uh, like, near the end, when they, like, uh, was it Nakia and uh, Shuri are kind of working with Everett Ross, Martin Freeman's character, and they're like, okay, when we give you the signal, you know what to do. And it's like, you know, it's like, good luck, Agent Ross. And it's like, I still don't know what I'm doing. We're counting on you. And then they just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, the client is full of moments like that, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like Black Panther's, like, when I give you the signal, you make the move. What am I doing? And, like, Black Panther's gone. <laughs> or it was like, no, it was like, hey, hey, like, wouldn't we, uh, like, like, there's a terrorist on that plane. We gotta, and it was like, no, like, he needs me to, like, he, he's demanding I go alone. And it's like, oh, don't you want to, like, come, like, let me come with you? Like, what, don't you think, like, two people would stand a better chance? It's like, I agree wholeheartedly. One on the inside of the jet, one on the outside, hold on to something, and then he hits a button. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's just, he just has that, like, James Bond kind of, like, you know, we're rolling with this, like, you know, not going to give you the information you need. Yeah. I have a plan, just trust me, kind of. And, like, you know, so when I heard people describing uh, Black Panther as kind of like Batman meets James Bond, I was like, Yes. Yeah. From the comics, yes. He's got a contingency for everything. Like, Black Panther is, uh, from what I've read, like, he's basically, like, if that kid that, like, 
always refused to be tagged in a game of tag, like, was a superhero, you know? Like, that kid who was just making up the rules as he went along, like, oh, got yeah. you, tag, you're it. Like, no, you, you actually didn't tag me. I had, like, like an anti-tag force field for, like, you know, half a second, and that's when you tagged me, so I'm not it. Like, it's like all, that guy, it's a we, superhero. We all had those kids, Brantley. <laughs> Brantley. Brantley. Brantley, yeah. All right. My Brant- kid was named Brantley too. Did he like move from like Sandy Springs to <laughs> to Warner Robins? Probably six, not. Six degrees of Brantley. <laughs> so, uh, so fifty shades of Brantley. So, like, I, I personally appreciated Martin Freeman's character just because, like, he was like the focal character in like the big story that I read, mm-hmm. and he was spot on. Yeah. Um, sure, he was a favorite. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Umbaku, yeah. Oh my god. It's it's so weird that in any other film, uh Mumbaku would be like the highlight. Yeah. And he is just like one thing in this movie. And, like I think that, and that thing that I think that really speaks to the strength of the film that mm-hmm. it's like I I sometimes forget about Mbaku and he's easily one of the best things about it. Yeah. That shows like you know how many good things are in this film. Oh my god, he's amazing. Someone was pointing out that uh, Mbaku is essentially the type who would ask, you know, who, who like Black Panther would ask him, like, you know, oh hey, can I get your telephone? Can I get your cell phone number? And he's like, he's like clearly texting someone. I don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is like that's clearly him. Yeah. But except Mbaku wouldn't because he rejects all technology. Because he rejects all technology, uh, but personality-wise, yeah, like uh, Mbaku was a character that like, like I don't know too much about him from the comics. I, all I've known him as is a villain. Yeah. And in this movie, he's kind of more just. A foil with like a different philosophy. Well, he's like he's like a rival. He's a he's rival. A, yeah, more of a rival. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they tone him down a bit, like so. It's more like this is like not friendly rivalry between right. him and Chala, but it's frenemies. They're frenemies. <laughs> well, because like, he is, you know, I don't know if we really discussed the whole how Wakanda kind of works. The, but, they have five factions. Yeah, five. One tribes. is like Daniel Kaluuya's like farmers. One is the white gorilla tribe or the white gorilla cult, depending on the, M- the comics. Mbaku, yeah. yeah. They're the white gorillas. Uh, yeah, and the white gorillas are the ones who, like, reject technology. They, they live uh, in the mountains. Yeah, and I, I like how in this movie, like, I think in the comics they would refer to it as, like, Western influence. Yeah. But in the movie, clearly Wakanda hasn't been colonized, so it's not really Western influence. He's just kind of saying, like, yeah, well, like, it might not be, like... You may not have gotten this from the West, but you're acting more and more like them. You know, you're becoming more and more like them, and this, like, corrupts them and whatever. So, like, it's it, he kind of brings that, like, he and Shuri are kind of the opposites, and that Shuri is kind of all about technology yeah, and she's moving forward, technology. and she really doesn't care about tradition. She doesn't like having to wear formal wear, like, all the weird ceremonial garb, and mm-hmm. whereas... Umbaku is very, like, traditional and set in, like, his, his heritage and his roots. And is like, no, technology is pulling us further and further away from who we are and whatnot. So that's a cool dynamic. It, it just brings all this interesting, uh, you know, contrasting personalities and philosophies. And this is kind of, like, the big thing that uh, T'Challa, as king, is trying to balance. He's trying to juggle all of these different factions with these different philosophies. How do I be a king? How do I appease everybody? What's the best way to go forward? What's the best way to rule Wakanda? I can't appease everybody. 
how do I do this? So it's, I do love the character work in this movie. Like, I have oh, yeah. no gripes with it from a writing perspective. And that's yeah. usually, like, if you hear me get really pissed off at a movie, like something like Batman v Superman, it's typically because, like, the characters are really weak, the dialogue is cliche, or, you know, the the, the plot just doesn't follow logic or whatever. This one, yeah. everything seems incredibly well thought out. It's a very rich cast of characters with different motivations, uh, I know, like, Daniel Kaluuya's character has, like, a history with uh, Claw. Like, Claw killed his father or something? Killed his parents. His parents killed his parents, parents both yeah. of them. Which is part of, like, like getting kind of into spoiler territory, I guess. Mm. Um, which, whatever, we'll just say this is whole this whole episode of spoilers, kind of. <laughs> All right. But basically what happens is that um, uh, Killmonger, who we learn is actually, like, uh, also part of the royal family. Yes. Um... King T'Chaka's was his brother, right? His baby brother, played by mm. Sterling K. Brown, yeah. in that, uh, as we see in that 1992... Oakland. Oakland, which is where Ryan Coogler's from. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, so... Also, also, isn't it the birth of the Black Panther movement? When that happened? No, no, I mean, like, was, just Oakland, Those were the Rodney King riots for 92, right? Well, that's kind of... But that was in L.A. LA. Oh, oh, L.A. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's L.A. That's where the L.A. riots yeah, started. So. No, I was going to say, like, isn't Oakland, California the birth of I wouldn't know. I believe it is. Okay. I'll trust your judgment. Sure. How old, and is, if, how old is Ryan Coogler? He is 31. Oh, thank God. All right. I was about to say, was he born in 92? No, no, no. <laughs> is he younger than us? No, no, no. Did I was just, my wife? I was just worried that, <laughs> I was worried that he was younger than us, and it would be like, well, I've wasted my life. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, not by much. No, no. All we, right. got, I got, we got three years to make Black Panther 2, guys. <laughs> to make something <laughs> to make of, better. of equal value to Black Panther. <laughs> Here's the, the, the poop that took a pee, guys. All right. <laughs> well, I managed to get out of bed before noon today. Take that, Ryan Coogler. <laughs> You're clearly a more talented individual than I. I, I I'm just going to start using that as like my motivation. Like, you know, fuck. Take that, Mike, Ryan Coogler. I showered today. <laughs> Okay, so 90- I checked my email today. All seventy, <laughs> all one of them. <laughs> I don't know which is sadder. Uh, they're not good. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-two, Oakland. Yes. Um, where basically we we learned, and this, this is like a nice little touch, um, where you have Sterling K. Brown, who is the younger brother of King T'Chaka, T'Challa's dad, mm-hmm. um, has basically like I guess as like an agent or whatever. I, I forget exactly how they phrased it, but he's he, like a plant. A plant, yeah. Yeah, kind of just like Wakanda's eyes around the world. Yeah. 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 So he's in Oakland, 1992. Obviously, we know what was going on in the, in, especially California in yeah. the early 90s. Yeah. Um, you know, the Rodney, uh, Rodney King riots were Rodney in 92, King. right? Yeah, the LA riots. Well, that was, well, that was one of the funny things that, you know, when we were watching, uh, when the film started, and I was like, I wonder about, you know, like, I wonder. How much Marvel let Ryan Coogler get away with, like, you know, black themes and whatnot. Yeah. And then it's, like, the first thing, Oakland, <laughs> Oakland, California, 1992. And I was like, okay. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Disney picture. <laughs> A family picture. I was just... <laughs> I was just, I, I was just like, okay, they let systematic him, racism. They, I was like, all right, they did not put any tariffs on him. They let him do what he wanted. Yeah, which is great. That's great. I, I feel like Marvel's him. learning to do that more. Yeah, last year was, I think, was a year of growth yeah. for Marvel. Like you know, with like Thor, Ragnarok, and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Well, because it plays into the whole motivation of Killmonger. Because we mm-hmm. learned that Killmonger is the son of. Um, 
Sterling K. Brown's character. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Sterling K. Brown was the baby brother of T'Chaka. Yes. Yes. Um, so they're cousins. Killmonger and T'Challa are cousins. Yes. So that's their relationship. And um, basically Killmonger's whole thing is that, it, you know, I was basically left. And, he, he like, his motivation is, is pretty sound because his dad was killed by his uncle. Mm. And he didn't quite under... Like, I mean, he wasn't there. He didn't understand, yeah. you know, the reasoning. And the reasoning from T'Chaka is, like, okay. Like, it's kind of like... I get it. But, but I don't was, agree was, with it. Yeah. He was taking vibranium out of Wakanda to, like, the, give it no, to other people or something. Yeah. Sterling K. Brown's character. Yeah, Sterling K. Killmong- Brown was... Killmonger's dad. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to spread uh, vibranium to people who could use it. But like, but T'Chaka was like, no, we can't let people know we have this vibranium. Right. Like, you know, we can't let people know about vibranium in general. Or Which whatever. is the main, like, kind of um, conflict of the movie is, like, yes. these two different sides of this argument is like should wakanda help out you know um african-americans and not only well african american people of african uh heritage (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say african-americans in europe (laughs) fucking christ steven let me finish sorry being a fucking asshole (laughs) all right like well like because of what was going on at the time and that's so the whole idea is that Sterling K. Brown's character is there. He witnesses what black people go through in America. He wants to help through giving them vibranium to help mm-hmm. them kind of fight back through from the like against the injustice. Mm-hmm. But Mbaku or not Mbaku, fucking T'Chaka, <laughs> T'Chaka, um, is basically like, no, we need to keep secret. Fuck you, and yeah. then you know, yeah, it's, it's Wakanda trying to be an isolationist country. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and that's basically where the whole you know, conflict lies. And Killmonger's like, all right, well, I have a right to the throne. I'm going to beat T'Challa in a fight because that's what happens mm-hmm. is that um, to be king, you have to basically win in this fight. And every they have to put it together where the five tribes come together. They all have representatives mm. if they choose. Um, in the beginning of the movie, M'Baku comes out yeah. and challenges T'Challa. Uh, T'Challa wins. And um, later on in the movie, Killmonger does the same thing, but he wins. And so he he basically wants to start shipping out vibranium across yeah. the world. So well, it's not just it, vibranium; it's vibranium weapons. Vibranium weapons, basically, big Waka- difference. There. Basically, like Wakanda, be damned! I'm going to help you know yeah, our people yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, which is like on like like as an idea works. It's just like the execution of it. Yeah, and it just kind of like and that's what's so great about the whole underlying. Conflict is how it's shades of gray, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like both are right and both are wrong. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, again, so like, was it Lupita Nyong'o's character uh, Nakia? She's all about like we we should help other countries, not just the people in our own country. Right. Yeah. But then you have uh, the con- not contradicting, but like the foil character to her would probably be like Okoye. Yes. Kind of like Wakanda first. You know, we yeah, have, like, they, like very at, at several points, at very point, at various points in in the story, she's like, "I will do anything to defend Wakanda, yeah. even if it means killing like Daniel Kaluuya's character, her yeah. husband or lover, whatever." Yeah, you know, so it's like she she will do anything to defend Wakanda. Yeah, which is really cool, like as like a character development. Yeah. And when Killmonger uh, wins and becomes king of Wakanda. She serves Killmonger. Yeah, she's, she's like, loyal to the throne, not yeah. to that p- specific king. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I read, uh, I, I've read a couple of pieces, uh, since watching the film, uh, about, like, you know, responses to the politics of Black Panther, which have all been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone was pointing out that, um, and it was, it was a black writer, uh, writing this saying, like, he was kind of appalled by some of the reactions from people with Killmonger saying, like, yes, what he was doing was absolutely right. And the guy was like, um, that's imperialism. What are you talking about? It's like I get, it's like you it's totally okay to say that you know you see where he's coming from and that yeah. you know Killmonger has a point yeah. but the way that he's going to achieve that that's still straight up imperialism. Yeah. You cannot do that. That's what exactly what he's guilty of. And that's yeah. the thing is it, it does also become kind of like an anger, like a meditation. Well, well, that's what like T'Challa says, like you're becoming everything you hate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it is kind of like a meditation on anger and grief as well. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's so many themes and they're all dealt with well. well. And- I'm like fucking avatar. <laughs> Sorry. I remember, I remember the, the guy. Well, yeah, cause, talk- cause Black Panther isn't like, we'll, we'll have, We'll have black people, but they'll just be blue cat aliens. Well, it's like, I remember <laughs> you talking to me several years ago, back when we were roommates in college, yeah. about this guy on the spillboards who... Spill.com. Spill.com, who vehemently defended Avatar solely for the purpose of, it deals with so many themes, yep. and everyone else's, like, defense, or, like, um, uh, attacking point of that was, yeah, but does it deal with any of, the, any of them particularly well? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the answer was no. But that's the thing that, like, I think about with Black Panther is that there's a lot to un- unpack about it. There's a lot of themes that it covers, but it does all of them rather well. Well, and we've mm-hmm. talked about, like, how in the last year or so, Marvel's really kind of doubled down on the whole theme of, like, the sins of the father. Yeah, yes. it's it's really kind of interesting, yeah, with Thor Ragnarok and this. Even Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians 2. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy 2, definitely. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm kind of seeing this now as, like, I don't want to say trope. Because I know you have like a negative connotation of the word trope. Well, I think trope is seen as like kind of a it's yeah. it's a convention. It's trope, like it's, trope is a neutral word. Yeah, trope yeah is a I, neutral I, I see it more as like a neutral thing. Where yeah. like I, I do feel like Marvel's kind of now like trying to go in a direction where like oh like the 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 father figures or whatever like where these heroes come from isn't necessarily of you know complete purity you know it's yeah. not like they, they all come from Jor-El who like was a flawless human being like yeah. they yeah. come from flawed people and it's kind of about redeeming their past and it's it's, well, it's like it, another thing another obstacle that well, they have like, to overcome is I saw someone redemption. basically say it is like in the case of Black Panther T'Challa, uh, T'Challa basically realizes that his dad's not a deity yeah, yeah. that he's a he's a flawed human being yeah too. yeah that he yeah. made mistakes yeah. Just like most people, yeah. Yeah, and it's in that, and how he can improve on that. Yeah. And kind of, you know, change Wakanda for the better. Um, yeah, basically, why be a, why be a second rate T'Chaka when you can be a first rate T'Challa? Yeah. Yeah. Um, be but, the best you that you can be. Yeah. But not in like the weird Disney way. Yeah. Um, but someone was pointing out, uh, I read another piece where they were talking about. Um, Oddly enough, Killmonger kind of represents, like, it's kind of like a microcosm of the Black Panther movement, where eventually it all kind of devolved into infighting mm-hmm. mm. uh, about, like, you know, what should we do? And a lot of it, you know, like, between, like, the younger uh, or the, the, the older generation of Black Panther, which was like, you know, we need to protect our people, mm-hmm. versus the newer ones where it became, like, we need to fight back and revolt, and the older people being like, w- uh, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I and- feel like that's almost kind of like, Again, like I, 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 please correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that kind of like what like a lot of Malcolm X's followers kind of like? Some of them were about like we got to protect ourselves. Others were a bit more militant. It was kind of how it started at first, and then, uh, and then Malcolm. Well, 
Martin Luther King's followers were much less yeah. militant. They Peaceful were much coexistence. To an extent, yeah. Well, I to mean, an extent. To like, an to extent. extent. We don't want to paint MLK like, you don't, just yeah. like, like Gandhi or something. Right, because right, yeah. he was pissed too. Because he yeah. was. Oh, that's, yeah, the, that's the thing is like, it's, especially in later, in, rec- in more recent years, people true. seem to be painting this version of MLK that's like. You, mean, the, you mean white people. Do. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like, you know, hey, also the whiteies were cool and uh, you can use this version of me as anything that you want. To excuse your shitty behavior, you know? Yeah. So, like, you gotta be careful of that. But, I mean, like, no, King ultimately, you know, something that can't be disproven was that he did ultimately believe in, you know, uh, triumph through love and compassion. Yeah. Whereas Malcolm X was definitely, like, gotta take it by force. Mm-hmm. And that's where the two fundamentally disagree. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, like, Malcolm X, you know, has been described as, you know, the hate that hate, hate created. created yeah. yeah, and that's and that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true, and to an extent, Killmonger is that. Mm-hmm. Killmonger mm-hmm. is the hate that hate created. Yeah. Um, but some, but someone was making this really interesting point that you know, like the introduction of Killmonger and everything that happens in the third act of the film is kind of a representation, like a like of like what happened with like what the like of the Black Panther movement and what eventually happened to it, like all the infighting, all the differing mm-hmm. ideologies that came through. Because yeah, believe it or not, even the Black Panther movement had different idea had differing ideologies in there. Who would have thought that the movie called Black Panther would uh, allude to the, the Black, Black Panther, Panther movement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who fucking knew, right? <laughs> but um, one other thing, you know, before I you know stop talking about all this shit and just get on to whatever. Um, going into, you know, like, a few spoilery things, which it doesn't matter, but, you know, still. Yeah, at this point, we're just to say yeah, yeah. Um, You know, there's a point in the film where uh, after, like, after uh, T'Challa beats Umbaku in the first challenge and, you know, he gets to take this, the, the flower seed with, uh, with vibranium to gain the powers of mm-hmm. the Black Panther yeah. back. And, you know, he gets buried in the red, in the red sand and he goes through the process, you know, the, the, the ritual of going into the afterlife and seeing all of his, uh, all ancestors. of his ancestors. ancestors yeah. And then later on in the film, you know, it's, it's a lovely scene. It's beautiful. It is, yeah. um, but later on in the film, after, you know, Killmonger overthrows T'Challa, goes through the same process and all he sees is his father. Yeah. And that, and, and it should be said when T'Challa does it, it's like in like you know this like savanna with like beautiful trees. It's and like very, a, with like a, with like a and like it very, looks like a, like a, a skating a, rink in the nineties. Yeah, it's like it's, it's very per, it's, it's like very a, ethereal yeah, and very cool ethereal. with like a, with like a cool la- colors. with like a lavender sunset. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when Killmonger does it, it's. His old apartment where he grew up, yeah, with his dad, yeah, yeah. and it's and like the, that's awesome. And the only person there is his dad because all of his ancestors were lost to time. Yep, because of because of the slave movement. Gee whiz! It's so great that Ryan Cougar was able to talk about <laughs> and, this shit. And when I, and when I read that, my heart sank. It was like. Fuck, they're well, right. Well, that's yeah. not even that's not even like some theory, like interpretation. Oh yeah, that's what it is. That is text. <laughs> that is text, <laughs> and it's heartbreaking. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, no, like oh man, it deals yeah. with so much wonderful. Well, stuff. like 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 what are his last things that he says before he dies? Um, Killmonger. Oh yeah, it's basically uh, it's bury me at sea. Uh, rather rather die on my feet than live in bondage or something like that or. 
Uh, I, I'm, uh, I, or I, die, I, die, better to die free than live in bondage, something like that, or or like, or basically, you know, uh, T'Challa is like, you know, we can, we can, we can save you, and he's like, what? So you can just keep me in, like, you know, in in shackles forever, or put I'm me gonna, in prison or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, he says shackles. Yeah, he says shackles. Okay, I'm, right. And he's he says a, like, basically, I'm gonna choose to go like my ancestors who knew that who jumped from who the jumped, ship. who jumped, jumped from the, ship, the yeah. ships, knowing that death was better than living in bondage, That's which the, is yeah, like. Okay. Oh, it's fuck. like oh shit! Well, but, like that is that's a that is an African idiom or saying, right? Like that was an actual expression used uh, like centuries ago. Like I, I I heard this movie has a lot of like African Easter eggs on top of like Marvel. Easter oh yeah, eggs. As, I wouldn't doubt like, that at like, all. That, like that's where I heard as it should. <laughs> well, like that's where I heard like. Like the, the the fight scene in the end is a literal underground railroad. Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. like uh, they talk about um, like uh, in times of strife, the wise build bridges, not barriers. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's actually an African uh, saying. Yeah, uh, I or it. a saying that originated in Africa. Whatever the. I just wanted to make sure that yeah. we weren't getting confused with that with that quote with like supposed quote from Che Guevara, you know, better to die on your feet oh, or die oh. standing. Oh, I wanted no, to make sure that, that we weren't confusing that with yeah. that. Oh, okay, no, no, I did not realize there was a Che Guevara. Yeah, I don't know. well, I mean, it's not in the movie, not in the movie, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, yeah. it's a popular you know, but It's usually people who, okay. like, are recovering from alcoholism or something, like, better <laughs> okay. to die standing than live on your knees. Uh, maybe, or, better, or, like, right, well, maybe I heard that through osmosis or something, it was confusing the yeah. two or something. Or, or, right, like, yeah. or, like, anonymous members or something. If you don't stand have, for something, you'll fall for anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Scott yeah. Glenn. <laughs> yeah, like, people, people who type that with, like, Cheeto dust on their fingers, yeah. you know? <laughs> As they scratch their neck beards. Okay, you, d- so. you definitely don't want to run a black light over that keyboard. Um, that sort of thing. As they right. search their Pepe memes. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, like, but that's... Reading, like, it's been one of those films where reading all of the think pieces about it has actually been really rewarding instead mm-hmm. of what makes me want to roll my eyes into the back of my head so that I wake up in another dimension. <laughs> Which is what happens a lot. That dimension is... The Twilight Zone. Ugh, I'll take it. Fine. I'll take it. It's fine. But um, yeah, like like that's one of those. Like I said, like you know, like reading the responses from from people on Black Panther has been really, really wonderful because you get to see from like the the from a culture different than mine, right? Oh yeah. And having to well, not just that, but like having thoughtful discourse about the film. Oh yeah. Rather than like you know you didn't like it, you just sucks. Um, well, yeah, because it's super rich in that stuff. Oh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. That's why you should let people of color make movies about their cultures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's it's been a really rewarding experience. Um, and, yeah, I want to try to keep it positive. I don't know how much I want to go into, like, the whole the Ben Shapiro thing about, you know, oh, so Black Panther's all of a sudden the greatest thing to happen to African people now. What about this and this and this? And it's like, can you just shut the fuck up and let people have something for yeah. a moment, you dumb fuck? No, because it's black people having fun, and that can't happen. Oh, God. <laughs> I can just smell the half-eaten chicken wings. As, as Laura Ingram said, must they run their mouths? Oh, man. Oh, God. As she Nazi salutes to a crowd of people. Was that her? Yeah, it was her. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that Laura Ingram or Ingraham? Ingram. I'm not going to... Do you just want to have... Like, <laughs> I want to distance myself. She spells it different. Okay. She spells it different, but I believe it's pronounced Ingram. It's Laura Ingram. It, okay. It's okay, Stephen. We know that you're I, not. I remember, I remember having a clock in my bedroom, uh, and it had that last name on it. And so, I, like, I always pronounced it Ingraham. 
What's well, like, like gram? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gram. It's like the gram with like an extra a in there. Hers is a cracker. Yours is like a gram of coke. <laughs> <laughs> sniff, 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 sniff. sniff. <laughs> um, but, well, like yeah, like we're fuck all the shitty white people that that are raining up, trying to rain on people's parade, yeah. and then all the people that are like. Fuck you, I'm gonna enjoy this fucking movie. It's the same people, you know, I've retweeted something, if anybody follows me on Twitter. I retweeted that, you know, the same people who are complaining about Wakanda aren't real are the same people who complained about space wizards not using their their powers correctly. Right. Well, and, like, I remember there was people complaining about, like, ideas of, like, colleges having kind of, like, courses inspired by Wakanda. And it's like, yeah, and, like, white people complain about that, and it's like... Bitch, there's fucking things about, like, Hogwarts and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Let us have this. It's like, it's I, like yes. I do I not want to hear it. There there are, I think there are film schools where they have entire, like, courses on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah there are courses dedicated to Harry Potter. I don't want to hear shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Gatekeeping bullshit. <laughs> you love Wakanda so much, name three of their albums. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen that meme of like so modern dating and it's like this like it's like a black woman in a pool and a white guy kind of like oh, going yes. up to her so, so what kind of music you into? Hey, I'm Frank. <laughs> well, I want to die. So, <laughs> well, I'll die along with Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That was awful, but I love it. No, I mean it's funny, but I am positive that someone has used it. Oh, probably. Oh my God, yes. Um, I would yeah. I would recommend uh, the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon because that's kind of where I got the most uh, knowledge of Black Panther like before this movie and before like reading the comic and in that like I mean it's kind of Black Panther in like a team dynamic yeah. where he's kind of the guy who like he doesn't talk a lot but when he does people listen yeah and he always like he's always that guy that was like very focused on the mission like there was this episode where they were dealing with like some hulk related gamma radiation crap or something and then they're fighting like the ufos and then black panther just runs off and is like what t'challa's is leaving us behind what the heck and then like at the end of the episode like t'challa's at like the, the objective and he just does it <laughs> like that's what he was doing the whole time he's like you guys fight these people <laughs> like he's got his own thing going on like yeah. he's like he's just focused he's not gonna waste his time fighting people like there's an objective we're gonna do that yeah you, you're you're my pawns i'm just gonna go do this like he's always like streets ahead you know? yeah yeah he's he's always he's always a couple steps ahead like in and in the client the the comic he's he is comically one step ahead at all times. Yeah. He's got a contingency for everything. Oh yeah. He's like, yeah, I know he stabbed me, but I actually had like a like a nana like little nanites in my body that would have put me in a sleep like state. So like I'm fine. But I appreciate you for trying to help. <laughs> like yeah. that's why like he's that guy who like refuses to be tagged. Oh yeah. Right. So I'm. I I am really looking forward to what they have going on with you know Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Wakanda and Avengers. War. Yeah, yeah, with like yeah. you know Black Panther and Wakanda. I'm, really uh, I'm calling it right now. The Soul Stone is linked to the the was it the Necropolis? What do they call the, the the area with all the the Wakanda the flowers where they bury them in the sand? I, I don't remember. I don't recall. Um, my guess is the Soul Stone is like in purple, there somewhere. Because it's purple, right? No, the Power one was purple. Oh. Guardians. It was orange. Like that room was kind of orangey. No, that's true. True. So, like, I think yeah. orange is the last color, and yeah. then like that's the Soul Stone. Well, we will see. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm, ex- I'm excited that there that we get to go back there 
and yeah. see these characters again. Like, super, like soon. But super soon. But it's also, it's also like, awesome that there was no Infinity Stone garbage in this movie. Oh, my movie. God, yes. And that is they're wonderful. probably just saving it for the Avengers movie. Probably just and saving I'm okay it for with which, that. Which, like, which is great. Like, let well, Black Panther the Infinity, stand on his own feet. Like, yeah, because, like, well, one, like, the Infinity Stone's going to be at the forefront in, mm-hmm. a, in Infinity War anyway. Right, yeah, right, right. So it's right, like, right. why even bother when it's like you True. wait a couple months and yeah. you got it here? Yeah. And you get to see Wakanda... Kind of tied into all, of and that. don't yeah, you know, like they they resisted the temptation to have like a weird like throwaway like two minute like you know cut away from the main story like uh, Thor taking the magical bath in Age yeah. of Ultron you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they I resisted think, the temptation to do something like that you know I think I think Marvel's list I think Marvel's like learning as they yeah. go along um, yeah no like the granted and, it's a movie studio that's only existed for nine years yeah and the <laughs> fact that they're going along at this rate is yeah. like, astounding honestly ten years ten years that's right um, so like I'm I'm really excited I mean like I could easily just go see Black Panther again oh but, yeah it's a know. very Rewatchable. Movie, it is definitely. so rewatchable. Like it's, and I mean, like, and I know people have. Like I've seen lots of people say that they've seen it five. The times. box office says that people have rewatched it. Like, yeah. like, I've seen like you don't get to numbers like that without people rewatching it. I know there's gonna be like a bunch of shitty white dudes who are just like, you know, oh, I don't have to see it. It's like, good, we'll go see it for you. It's yeah, great, seriously. cool. More, another seat for me, and and but that's some racists like me will see the movie instead. Yeah. <laughs> Steven's learning. I'm learning, but that's. I think that's something that I really think is a is a strength of the film too. Like it has it wears its politics on its sleeve, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where it's like it's hard to disagree with much of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's. I kind of wish more shitty white dudes would see it. So it's like, just so you can see a perspective that's not your own. Yeah. And it's no. it's a film that makes its no. case... It's a film that <laughs> makes its case clearly. You can easily see where everyone's coming from if you just fucking listen. No. You just gotta listen. <laughs> I can't enjoy a thing because... I can't watch the other, like, five billion things starring a white dude. Ben Shapiro, is that you? <laughs> Taylor's, I, Taylor's doing his impression of the sounds I was making in the movie theater. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> this movie's really great, but no! Are you telling me Bucky could have been the main character of this movie? Ugh. They're a white African. They should have been called the White Wolf. <laughs> What if, you made, what if you made a movie about a white god that lives in his I know, life. crazy idea, right? We made it's three of them. There's oh, one. God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that movie one, exists. One but... Wonder Woman movie to my seven Batman movies. I will not stand for this. Luckily, he can't stand for that. Jeez. There's been like 12 Batman movies. <laughs> really? <laughs> Luckily for us, that person can't stand anyways, so yeah. it's fine. A little, um, little fucking scooter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely subscribes to Soldier of Fortune <laughs> magazine. I'll have you know that I am a member of the National Rifle Association. Uh, you know he has a, a, a baseball cat or like a trucker cat that says Bounty Hunter on it. <laughs> as, as, he, as, he, as he rubs his suspenders. <laughs> Well, well, let's not be seeing Black Panther. Well. <laughs> so on I, that note, on that note, um, do we want to just go real quick and give our little, just like you know, our final thoughts? It's great. Go see it. Yeah, there you go. go. Yeah, Black Panther is fucking great. Nine point five out of ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I would give it like at least a nine out of ten. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. It's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. 
Um, and like you said, I think Near that's a really good point. It's like you, it is like now that the Wakanda stuff in Infinity War is probably like my most anticipated. Oh yeah, because it's just cool. It's, it's like the, ah! it's the complete opposite. <laughs> it's the complete opposite of when we saw Justice League, and I was and like when we were going into it, I was thinking, you know, at least we have Aquaman coming out pretty soon. And then after the the the, the Atlantis <laughs> sequence in Justice League, I leaned over to Taylor and said. I think I'm not excited for Aquaman anymore. Where they, took a bunch of fucking, where they took a bunch of fucking Xanax and went swimming. Oh my god! Basically, that, scene. that that okay. One, the cinematography was boring as fuck. Yep. And two, the like the underwater effect and whatnot was just it was too much. It was like I cannot imagine sitting through an entire movie of this. Kevin Smith made a made a point uh, when he was talking about the the Justice League movie is like. Wait, so they have to make a freaking air bubble whenever they want to talk underwater in an Aquaman movie? Are they going to have to do that for the whole damn movie? Like, every I, time someone needs to say something, air bubble. I'm not looking forward to it. Let them talk underwater. He's Aquaman. Wear air bubbles on their heads. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. like, the, and funny enough, Black Panther did the exact opposite. It made yeah. me really excited for the Wakanda stuff mm-hmm. in Avengers. So, it's it's wonderful. Give Ryan Coogler all the fucking money. Give him your yeah. money. Goddamn, the dude deserves it. He's he's wonderful. I, I definitely want to see Creed now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I watched a little bit of the one take boxing fight, and I was like, mm. Is, mm. Is, is he directing Creed too? No, no. Sylvester Stallone is doing it. I think he. No, dropped, I, think, I think it's someone else. Is it someone else? Yeah. Okay, I know Stallone was rumored to be coming back for yeah. that. Mm. Uh, no, um, I think Creed. I think he was supposed he, to do Creed he, too. He, he stepped out of Creed 2 to do Black Panther. Because uh, Creed 2 is coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. And man, am I thankful he made Black Panther instead. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, at least a 9 out of 10. It's wonderful. Ruth Carter it. needs a fucking Oscar now. Yeah. Mm. Just give it everyone. If this, if this, this better get some fucking award shit. At least oh, on I'm like sure a, it will. On like, at least on a technical, like, yeah. like the production of it. The production design is Fuck, a, a dude. Standing. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Anyway. I would I would like to see the screenplay nominated, honestly. Yeah, be, yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, I'm not going to hold early, my breath. Granted, it's early in the year. Yeah. Uh, if, <laughs> if Logan can get nominated, this sure. could probably get nominated. If if the Academy wants to be extra woke, <laughs> which is like that's the thing with the Academy is like I don't trust them to be should genuine Ryan, about should it. Should Ryan Coogler get a nomination for director? I think that if Patty Jenkins didn't get something for Wonder Woman, Kugler might not get it. I think we just have to accept Batman. that like superhero movies are just not going to get I know. Yeah. stuff like that. Just, as much as I would so like it. So much effort, though. I know. Well, here's another thing that I think has been on my mind like for a while. It's like, we we sh- we don't need to like look at like um, the Academy for like... Um, I'm trying the to Oscars? Yeah, the Oscars for, like, like... Validation. Validation. No. Yeah. Like, I think that's something that, like, it's cool. Like, it's oh, great yeah. It's great that Moonlight won Best Picture yeah. last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. But if it hadn't, it wouldn't make it any less of a movie. No, yeah. no. I, I mean, and it would probably... You know, I mean, it, it did help the Academy a bit in its image. So, yeah. good job with that PR, guys. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's I'm glad for the filmmakers yeah. and the stars of Moonlight. Yeah. And it's, like, that's... Part of why I'm, like, excited for Get Out, but I'm, like, and it's nominations, but I'm also not, like, oh, no, if it doesn't get, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, no. It's cool that it was nominated. It will not win very much. No, I don't. Well, I maybe. Don't. Okay, we have to see how woke the Academy is. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, like, a screenplay nomination, or, like, maybe, like. The screenplay sorry, would be rad. Screenplay would be rad. That's a really tight that's, screenplay. It is. But I, but I, and, like, maybe, maybe Jordan Peele. 
Maybe. But that's, I think That'd those be are the rad. Only, that would be <laughs> rad. But those are the only two that I can really see as maybe getting it. Because it's kind of this double thing where it's like, I know when people like, like in, in terms of like superhero movies, mm-hmm. like people say like, you know, why wasn't Wonder Woman nominated for Oscars? Like, guys, I mean, like Wonder Woman was matter. good. I don't know like, if it was to, like, Oscar good. You have to like yeah, read the, not. one, you have to kind of read the room and yeah. also Wonder Woman doesn't need the validation of an Oscar nomination yeah. and that's how to I, be the culturally significant movie that it is I just like honestly I just think Patty Jenkins deserves something for getting a good performance out of Gal Gadot yeah and that's and I've, I've I, this is how I felt for years though it's just like it's just like if if something I love doesn't get nominated by the uh, by the Oscars it's fine. I don't really yeah. care. Like I, the 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 Oscars are not the end all be all of quality. Well, and like when you actually like look up like how the Oscars kind of work and how so much of it is lobbying yeah. well, and even, money. Well, even then, like you know, the history of the Oscars, it wasn't really about you know honoring excellence. It was more about like marketing. It was yep. more yeah, about, it was about like, getting lesser seen movies more attention. Or yeah, it. or just like trying to show people like how great Hollywood is. Let's let's award ourselves. Yeah. Like if you look at the history of how it started. Well, and, like, I so, saw I saw an article on, like, that was talking about, like, Get Out isn't your typical Oscar film. And it's, like, what, what's an Oscar film? Like, what's an yeah. Oscar? Like, that's really, like, a phenomenon in, like, Isn't the that last... a good thing, though? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Wouldn't it, you it, not want your typical Oscar movie to win every year? Well, yeah. Steven, that's silly. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's the point, though, is that we, we kind of forget that, like, stuff like E.T., and like Raiders of the Lost Ark were nominated for Best Picture. Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. What a fucking well, like like District Nine. Yeah, but yeah. that was like the first year where they had like ten, ten nominees. Yeah. So you kind of had this mix, and I felt like they were just like let's blow our load and like yeah. show like how cool we are, and we bring in like like up and you Inception, know was that Inception, Inception and stuff like there. we're yeah. cool. Like it's fucking Steve Buscemi from fucking Thirty Rock. How you doing, fellow? Kids? How you doing, fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> With their rock band shirt or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be cool if Black Panther got like significant Oscar nominations outside yeah. of technical stuff. But I mean, I just like all the technical stuff, all the performances. Like, I, I feel like I know again, it's February. Yeah. But like that's that's a lot of work for the director to do, and that's I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I get. It. I'm not, I'm not going to be broken up if it doesn't yeah. win or get nominated. Yeah. I just think like, hey, this is actually like well, some caliber, like high if, caliber stuff. If it here. makes if it makes you feel any better, it'll probably win other awards. Yeah, technical oh, yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like in other like yeah. like award type deals, not just the yeah. Oscars. Oh, oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, it's going to clean at like, the image awards. Yeah, at the Image Awards, it's going to clean. clean up. Yeah, that's his <laughs> fucking shit. So. I would hope so. <laughs> I would fucking hope so. Yeah, but you know, but, but like, you know. And that's important. No, too. it's going to go to Aquaman. <laughs> hey man, the NAACP is going to fucking love Aquaman. <laughs> man, that Incredibles two was great. The NAACP. <laughs> yep. There you go. More Frozone. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, <laughs> anyway, I guess that about does it. Early uh, man was my jail. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> said said the two people that saw it in theaters. Uh, um, so yeah, like as as we've stated, almost unanimously together, um, go see Black Panther. Near if you perfect. Have it. It's yeah. near perfect. It's fucking great. It's, an, it's super entertaining. It's very feel good. And like we're also saying this as three white dudes, so it's like. You know, it doesn't mean as much to us as it does other people. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, obviously, we need to. We should probably say that. And if we loved it, 
Yeah. yeah, like that's yeah. Just just don't be like my my dumb inner like inside the perimeter friend who when the Black Panther teaser first showed up, he was like, I've never related to any any trailer more than I have in this one. And he's like some like forty something white dude. Yeah. Don't do don't be that guy. <laughs> be be a good ally, just kind of, you know. But don't reel it in a bit. <laughs> reel it in a little bit, but also yeah. don't tell people to not see the movie so that other people can see it first. It's like, no, you need all the numbers you can get. Mm-hmm. Don't do yeah. that either. And boy, howdy! They got the fucking numbers. They, yeah, they did. It was that was uh, an old teacher of mine said that, and it was like, "You're allying too hard." Yeah, but also, no. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to be like Ross in the movie. Just kind of like take a step back, do what you're told. It's yeah. good, and you'll yeah. help. Yeah, well, <laughs> you have your moment to shine. It's great. Well, well it was funny <laughs> that like a lot of the comments uh, from people like disagreeing with her, where they were all like black people saying like, you know, no, we need the numbers. Yeah. Don't tell people to not do this. Yep. So it was nope. like, that's where it's like, allying when it goes wrong. Don't be too woke. <laughs> yeah. Take some sleeping pills if you're going to do that. <laughs> Take some z <Z-Quil. laughs> Um Y'all, super woke-ass people need to sleep a little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hear me? Blanche. <laughs> Agnes. Style it down. Right, hey, Stanley. Hey, hey, Brantley, I know for a fact Brant- I fucking tagged you, okay? Bring in Brantley. Go sit in your corner, all right? I'm bringing Brantley back. Fuck you, Brantley. Yeah. Fuck you. You're not running out of Brantley back. Calm down, Braylon. <laughs> okay, Chadley. All right. All right, Nixon. <laughs> Fun fact, I want to I was going to say Chadwick for a second, but... No, the wow, star, The star of the movie's name is Chadwick. Distinct. The best distinct difference the between... The best Chad is Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> Fuck all other Chads. Distinct difference between Chadwick and Chadley. Chadley. <laughs> I seriously served a customer whose son was named Nixon, and I ruined my day. Oh, man. I hope he had a really it's good... Like, why like, are you doing to your child, ma'am? I hope he had a really good, like, pouty face. We though. named you after our favorite president who disgraced the nation. And it was full of corruption and Trump? greed. <laughs> it's like Donnie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to be more specific. Well, see, now we do. Yeah, yeah. now we do. Didn't but. used to be. Anyway, so that about wraps it up. Uh, of course, we have the obligatory uh, mentions of all of our other stuff going on. We've mm-hmm. got Sweet Weenie. Yes. Yep, we have so. stuff coming in. Stuff yes. coming in. Yep. We're actually working on shit, believe it yeah, or not. Ryan's been, like, knee-deep in, like, audio like editing and stuff for uh, something we're doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are getting the dining room set, uh, set up now so that hopefully within a few weeks we can start filming on a nice little surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, we've been talking about it. Sure. Okay, fine. Steven. Fuck. It's, li- it's review of a lifetime. Review of a lifetime. Steven's yeah. basically, fuck you for trying to promote the thing that I'm working on for the past two years. Trying to be low-key about the thing that I've been kind of awkwardly high-key about. No, it's all good. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll get started on that pretty soon. We've also got our audio commentaries, Mm -hmm. um, which you can see on Bandcamp, link in the description. Yada, yada, yada. It's great. Uh, Uh, We still need to... We're we're kind of in this weird phase where we're working on, like, the sweet weenie stuff, so we haven't really had a chance to do more commentaries, but Mm -hmm. as I always say, we're planning on a bunch of them, so meh. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I guess till next time, we will remain at large. Wakanda forever? Wakanda forever, yeah. I'm really not not looking forward to the white people going, Wakanda forever, guys. (laughs) Oakley, Oakley, Wakanda forever. Just just don't be the one that initiates it like I did. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's fair. Fuck you, Steven. (laughs) 